We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 72, the Back to a Wet Pattern. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I got to tell you, before the before the podcast, Corey and I were just shaking our fists and just arguing and everything about the one agency called the Weather Prediction Center. They mm. have been going back and forth and back and forth, and it's almost impossible to rely on what they're saying, because uh, what was it earlier today? They had, you know, Branson, Southwest Missouri, like two inches, one to two or something. Was was that what it was? Well, it was three to four to five, three days ago, down to one to two. Yeah. Yesterday or early this morning, now back up, you know, it just moves all over the place. It's, it's moving. I know. And they update twice a day. Yeah. So, I mean... I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't think they know what's going on. Well, I mean, you know, it's not a forecast. Right. It's an outlook. Exactly. So. And they're going on seven days, so I got to right. give them that. I mean, right. it's it's going to change. Oh, man. <laughs> but I like it when it rains, and I don't like it when I get all my hopes up that it's going to rain and rain and rain, because... It just cleanses my soul when it rains. Yeah, we've had a couple of busts And then it here. just dries up, and my soul dries up with it. I was like, oh. Well, you are the pluviophile. Uh, that is very true. <laughs> well, of course. Lover the, of rain. Yes. Well, the title of our podcast is Back to a Wet Pattern. I mean, we had a little dry out time, but all indications, and this is happening. Um Got a boundary moving into the area where our flow is shifting from northwest to kind of more of a southwest, and we're going to have um, impulses right up, kind of like what they're doing today. Now, speaking of impulses, today, oh, wow, those clouds were fantastic today. They were all over the place. I mean, north, south, you could look anywhere and just see cool cloud formations. I almost, I almost thought that I was seeing... A cold air funnel today. Really? And I pulled over, and it kept kind of dipping down, but not really forming. Like, oh, maybe not. Maybe not. But the way the clouds are going, I would expect anything out of that. I mean, they were beautiful. Oh, yeah, and crystal clear. I mean, and that's what happens when we hit these low-pressure systems that just sit over us, and that's what was happening today. The We, we saw the low this morning. It was kind of over the Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma uh, tri-state area, and that was early this morning, and then by this afternoon, it had moved maybe 25 miles into McDonald County, <laughs> and this morning's rain kind of, I mean, we, we had that pinwheel action, so it cleared out of Branson, but went all the way up to Springfield and Lebanon, and really rained on them, and then it took the entire day for that low just to meander, mm-hmm. 
And that's why we had these really, really cool clouds. <laughs> and I got some pictures. We've been getting all sorts of pictures on our Facebook rainbows. page. Rain, rainbows? Double rainbows. Yeah. That was fantastic, and 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 we love those because you know we may not always respond, but if you do it in the visitor post, other people can see that too, and we try to get in there and, and respond if we're not working, and you know away from home, I've got my show, and but the storms and, this afternoon, you know, once the sun came out and things started bubbling up, they just didn't move. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like a summertime August pop-up storm, basically. Exactly. Yeah, and that, and of course, the whole area was under a flash flood watch. And mm-hmm. I was, I was texting you saying, "Really, I'm just not feeling this." But we got that flash, that weird flash flood warning from what Southern Stone, Southern Taney for that storm that just sat there for hours. Early this morning, we had a flash flood warning for the Joplin area. Uh, the city of Neosho downtown was flooded, so we had a flash oh. flood warning just circling Neosho this morning. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. Also down in McDonald County, and then on up uh, near Rolla, uh, Phelps County, uh, Dent County had a flash flood warning, and then Taney County, Douglas County, and everywhere but Branson. Yeah, everywhere. And I thought that was so weird when you I, I looked at the outline, and I posted that on the Facebook page. The outline, it got into western Taney County, and then it dipped below Branson. But it got Hollister. They did that on purpose. I of think course, it didn't did. rain here. It, I did get a little shower out of that uh, after that flash flood warning was issued. It lasted about five minutes. It wasn't heavy. Mm. But I did get a little shower out of it. I think, I think that whole last night... Uh, the whole last night event, I went and checked before I, my rehearsal today. I got point two two. Yeah, no, not even a quarter of an inch. I'm about right there with you. Yeah, I mean, but look over here. What happened in Southern Stone County, which is like thirty miles or twenty miles away or whatever, two three inches. Right. Whoa! Because those storms were not moving. Yeah, it's exactly and they were right. persisting for a while. And then they finally ran themselves out. Yeah, and I was wondering if stuff was going to fire at all because by the afternoon. All of the activity quit around here, but you could see it up along I-44, which made sense for yeah. those, you know, the Lebanon area. And I thought, well, you know, the sun's going to try to come out, which it did, and that re-unstabilized the atmosphere. Is that a word, re-unstabilized? No. Like okay. So. It uh, caused the atmosphere to become more it, unstable. <laughs> How's that? It destabilized once again. Oh, I like that. See, that's why I have you on the podcast, so I don't sound like a complete idiot. But it, it really stabilized. Yeah, and but and since that low was over in McDonald County, we Branson was directly east of it, and the flow around low pressure systems in the nor- northern hemisphere are counterclockwise. So all this activity, uh, this instability in Arkansas, where the sun was shining, was now being pumped up into. Southern Missouri, and that's why, you know, what, about 4 o'clock or something like that? Uh, I saw that radar just light up, and it it was spotty, but some places really did get a a lot of rain. Um, And tonight at the—we're recording this tonight about 9-something, 9.30. That low has just barely moved over Taney County. I mean, it's it's so slow moving. I yeah. saw the little little rotation a little bit on radar. So so this morning it was in McDonald County, and you know, ten or twelve to fourteen hours later, now it's just barely over Branson, and it's going to keep going. 
So it, it's got to move out of the area. So I'm not too. Just worried think about if it. it had more moisture, it, it could be. It could have been a flooding situation. Well, I mean, but it had a lot of moisture, though. I mean, that's that's why they issued that flash flood well, watch. Well, it didn't over Branson. Not not over <laughs> Branson. I, I I I get that they broad brushed it because there was a portion of Southwest Missouri, and then I kept watching, and another hour later, then St. Louis got into it. And so then, then they issued the flash flood watch all the way up to St. Louis, and then eventually West Plains got in it. So they kept adding counties. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm not knocking the National Weather Service. If you don't get storms that move and they're spotty, you really don't know. I mean, there, there is absolutely no way to tell where these spotty showers are going, going to pop up. But since... Uh, all that activity just kind of wound down tonight. They did cancel the flash flood watch early. So so we've got the flash flood warning into effect. Uh, probably, what, till 11 something, I think. Just a, another hour or two. Not sure. But it's going to go away, and we're, we're, not, we're, we're not looking at that. So uh, we talked about the, the Weather Prediction Center. Oh, yeah, how about the Storm Prediction Center? This was a new one for me. This morning I got up. And I look, I always, that's the first thing I check is Storm Prediction Center. And I saw that Wednesday they had Branson in a slight risk. I thought, okay, that might be something. Uh, tomorrow, I don't think anything's going to happen. Are we in marginal tomorrow? I think so. I think, I think it's marginal. But uh, yeah, it, it, and of course, that's going to shift around too because we got this boundary in the area and it's going to waft back and forth. So it's just kind of a crapshoot of where this is going to be. Uh, we're barely in a marginal tomorrow, but the slight risk goes up to Miami and all of eastern Kansas. Well, I have a prediction. Okay, what's your prediction? I predict that a week from today, from, a, from between now and next Monday, okay, we will see more than one flash flood watch issued. I think that's kind of a given, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> For us. Yeah. Yeah, because what's going to happen in on Wednesday, there's another wave going to move through and they're they're talking showers and thunderstorms and you know SPC's got it. Uh, I bet you yeah. I'm thinking into next weekend we might even get some heavy rain. Oh, really? I was looking at some stuff uh earlier uh earlier in the evening tonight. And it was hinting maybe yeah, Saturday-ish. Oh, so yet can, another can round some, coming we can in. We some heavy rain. And that might be why the uh, WPC upped our, upped our inches. Oh, I bet you're right. Yeah. I bet you're right because yesterday that was kind of out of their seven-day. Right. Ah, okay. I understand that now. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that, that pattern's going to break. Wednesday, I mean, they're, they're talking showers, numerous showers and thunderstorms going on uh, again. So I I agree with you. I bet there's going to be another flash flood watch. There may be uh, like a severe thunderstorm watch or something. Well, I even looked after that. I looked at the forecast uh, on our web. Yeah, it was on our website. Mm-hmm. And it even said for Saturday, which is, you know, six days or five days away, heavy rain possible. Okay. Yeah. So, and it usually doesn't say that this far in advance on a on a forecast like that's that. That's true. I mean, if you're talking five, six, seven days, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. But we're all, we are going to get a little bit of dry out time. But there's a caveat to that. Oh. Well, 
there's a big bubble of heat going to come up. <laughs> so starting Thursday, the rain may end, but that temperature is going to become summer-like. Well, we were due for that. I mean, yeah, we're getting have close we even, to July. Have we hit 90 yet this year? Once, maybe? If that? You know, I don't, maybe? I don't know. If, well, we might have. We could be well into the 90s. In a few days. Yeah, I've seen a couple of reports. I mean, the National Weather Service is, what, 93 for yeah. for Friday and then 90-something for Saturday. So what's the humidity looking like on that? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're right in this juicy pattern and then we get all this energy and then Saturday comes along, we got an impulse coming through. Well, there's your ingredients right there. I mean, <laughs> for some heavy rain. So that does kind of make sense. Well, speaking of humidity. Yes. And heat index. Mm-hmm. And Wind chill while we're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, we now have that data on our website. We didn't before, but now we do. We got that feels like temperature as of uh, yesterday or the day before. We implemented some new data sources and we now need we to have talk a whole about bunch that. of more stuff on Yes. That. Talk about all those new things you've been doing. You're just constantly working on this thing. You know, I've got several things in development in my head. And what I've already done, so I don't know what I've done and what's already in what's in my head. I know that uh, we have a bunch of more uh, current observation information. Uh, we have a, a new alert system to where you'll get alerted, you know, all the severe weather, flash flood warnings, uh, whatever you need is going to be on our page. Uh, we have a new local page. If you don't live in Branson now... There's a lot of people that subscribe to our site that they don't even live in Branson. Now they live in yeah. Southwest Missouri or Northeast Oklahoma. Uh huh. Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> You're dropping M and M's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the cool feature. I mean, I thought that was really, really interesting. So you just go to stormdarweather.com, click on that local link, and it will give you. Your weather based on your IP address location. Yeah, and it, it works. I think you said it, it works better. If, if you're on Wi-Fi, yeah, it'll work. It'll work on certain carriers, but I know with Verizon, it wants to put us in St. Louis. I thought that was weird. Yeah, because we did L- you did LTE yeah. from here in Branson, and when it, it tagged us, it, it pointed us to St. Louis. So if you're on Wi-Fi, that's really going to... Yeah. To help you out. If your Wi-Fi address is based in Branson, which if you have Suddenlink or, or, or a local ISP, then you're going to have that IP address that's local for your town. Mm-hmm. So what that does is gives you your currents, your forecast, your warnings, and your radar all going to be centered on you and not on Branson. Yeah, and so a lot of people, we have actually a lot of followers in Oklahoma City, yeah, in St. Louis, and also in around the Kansas City area. We They're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Bolivar, Jasper. How many do we have in Jasper? We've got several in yeah. Jasper. We're big in Jasper. There's not that many people in Jasper. Uh-huh. So we're big there. And I got family down in, in Fayetteville, so we got, yeah. lot, got that all that covered. So what this new thing is going to do... Uh, it, you know, especially if you're on Wi-Fi, go to our page, click that. You're going to get your specific forecast. What it does is it gives you the 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 observation, the current observation location that's closest to you. Now, if you live in Miami, they don't have a, an observation location in Miami. Okay, 
the closest one's in Grove. So it's going to give you Grove's currents, current conditions, but it'll still give you Miami's forecasts, Miami's warnings, and Miami's radar. Now, for those of us who don't know, meaning me, how far is Grove away from Miami? Uh, 20 minutes to the south. Oh, okay. So it's about, what, 10, 20 miles? Miami needs there. one. They have a Mesonet site, but they don't have an official reporting hey. station for the National Weather Service. And, and that's bugged me for a long time. And it's also bugged me that Branson's official reporting station is so far away. I know. I report the— Grove isn't much further away from Miami than, than the Branson Airport is from Branson. <laughs> Uh, exactly, exactly. You know, and people, uh, we, I've, we've gotten several comments, and every month the National Weather Service does a monthly climate report, the climatology report, but they only do it for specific cities, Springfield, Rolla, is that right? No, Springfield, yes. is it Rolla? Vici. Rolla Vici, Lebanon, and Joplin. And Joplin. That's because we're... That's where the recording stations are. And we've had several comments of saying, well, what's it for Branson? It's like, well, we don't have that information. Now, what does that – tell me everything that entails. What is in a climatolo- climatology report for the people who don't know? Okay, in a climatology report is a record for the month of the hottest day, the coldest day, the average day in temperature – uh, the, the average low for the month, the average high for the month, whether there is heating degree days or cooling degree days for the month. I got to do a weather school on that one. Well, do I got news or have news for yeah. you? Oh, yes. I have coming soon the ability to take all that information from the Branson Observation Center or airport and... I can, our website will soon be able to record every day, every day, every day. And you can go back and look for the entire year, month by month, or the entire year, what the highest was, what the lowest was, what day it occurred, a heating degree, cooling degree. I have that ability. It's going to take a while to get it implemented, though. So we're going to have Branson's own climatology report to do that. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay, I got to give you one of those, it, Corey. It's, it's fairly detailed. It may be. It, it's yeah. not an official National Weather Service climatology report, correct? But, but it takes it from the official National Weather Service observation station at the airport, from the AWOS down there, correct? Oh man! So that we is can so look, cool. and I, we can tell you that the, the rainfall for each day or rainfall for each month for the entire year. Or for years past. So we, we're going to have access to all that, that, yeah. that record data. We, we will. You're going to have to make an, another tab for that. you got so many tabs. Thing is, we, in order to do that, we have to get sponsors for our website. Yes. So if you would like to become a sponsor for Stormdoor Weather to get all this cool Stormdoorweather.com. Yes. Uh, send us an email uh, at stormdoorweather at gmail.com. You would be surprised how many people out there follow Stormdoor Weather. That's true. I was sitting at my daughter's dance recital rehearsal the other day, and I was updating the website. And, and, and you know, I had the logo up there. Oh, you're looking at the weather. I follow them, too. I was like, oh, well, I am half of them right here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the, you know. But that's great. That day, I was wearing, happened to be wearing my Stormdar. No, that was the day before I got my new Stormdar shirt. Okay. So I got people uh, 
telling me that they, they, they watched Stormdar that day. And then the next day I wore my Stormdar shirt and people were just telling me at the grocery store and another at the other dance recital rehearsal and just all over the place that they watch us for their forecast and for their weather information. Yeah, and we love it. I mean, we're at Walmart. Um, I was at Sunfest the other day. And there was a gal there that started talking about the weather and says, we just, we follow you. We love what you do. I'm like, excellent, excellent. This is, I mean, this is great. And so, so if you know people that want to, you know, be a sponsor, we will advertise them on our page. I'm going to start going out to businesses. Yeah. And I'm going to hit them up and I'm going to tell them exactly what, if they haven't heard of Storm Dar, I'm not going to say anything like, well, what rock have you been under? But uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm no. just saying, yeah. I, I bet most people have at least heard of Stormdar weather in this town. Oh, yeah, especially theaters in this town. Oh, really, yeah. you know. Hotels. Yeah, yes, a lot of people you know, follow us. Yeah. You know, Teachers. I wish they could sponsor us, but no. That's I it. know. You had Branson High School. We're Branson sponsored by the third grade class of. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But but anything. I mean, we've got, you know, uh, several places around that we we've, we've uh, had our business cards. You know, we it, it we're an equal opportunity if you'd like to advertise with us. Well, the good data I that we could subscribe to, which would include that climatology stuff. Mm-hmm. It it isn't cheap. It does cost money. So we will be in some sponsors for that to get the website, and eventually the app to where we want it to be. Yeah, the app. Now, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, but the app is quite really expensive. Yeah. Well, if we get enough sponsors, we yeah. can do that because everybody's wanting an app, too. So so the best thing, you know, tell, tell your friends and sponsors. Okay, well, we'll get off of that. We could have a bake sale. <laughs> you know? You like to bake. I love to bake. <laughs> I think we, we should do that. We should. That have, would be fun. I'll bake cookies and cakes, whatever. <laughs> Well, the big thing, uh, I think summer is coming in right on schedule because Friday is supposed they're advertising highs in the 90s. Well, you know what happens Friday at 10.54 a.m.? What's that? It's officially meteorological summer. <laughs> meteorological summer happened June 1st. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it is astronomical summer. Ah, that's better. <laughs> I always get those mixed up. I, always, you know, I need to go back and listen to that weather school. Yeah, there's a weather school talking about the difference. You know what's weird is summer begins June 21st, and that's going to be our big warm-up day. Yeah. Well, last year, uh, on the first day of fall, the day before was hot, hot, hot. Then the first day of fall came in, the high was like 53. <laughs> wow. Isn't that neat how that lined up? And it looks like it's going to line up once again. Oh, yeah, because we're in the 70s and 80s, and all of a sudden yeah. now, bam, right into the 90s. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it is the summer solstice, so if at 10.54 a.m. Central Daylight Time, go out and hug your trees if you're a tree hugger. Um, if not, I'm going to... Do people go- really do that? Uh, I'm sure there there's some, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I just go out, you know, at that precise time and go and stare right into the sun. I'm just going to hop in the pool. Ooh, you know, I wonder, I'm going to have to check my schedule. I may be, yeah. I may come over and hop in your pool. We could do you. a Facebook Live for the beginning of summer. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? From the pool. Why not? Okay. Look for us on, on Facebook. On that. 
<laughs> who knows? We'll probably probably be out there doing that. But also, uh, June is the tropics. Uh, hurricane season starts, and our big we have a big tropical update this week. Hmm. There is not anything out there right now. It's dead. I know. What's up with that? Now, was it last year that it was dead, and then all of a sudden it just exploded? That's what I'm afraid is going to happen this year. Yeah. Because uh, there's nothing, and then all about the end of end of July, August. I think there was one or two, and then September, bam! There was just tons of them. Do you know what the Southwest United States monsoon season is? I used to. Well, evidently they have monsoon a monsoon season in the yeah. Southwest United States. You know, they get tons of rain and it floods. And today I read that. The monsoon season, which I've never really heard it called that, but they get they get bouts of heavy rain in late June. A lot. I don't okay. know what causes that. But I read today that it is going to be delayed this year due to what? El Nino. El Nino. Mm. So evidently El Nino is still a thing. Hmm, because I haven't looked at that in weeks. Well, we haven't had data from that in weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah, because it does kind of affect the patterns. Uh, I'm going to start doing that next week. If it's something significant and if El Nino is actually going to start affecting our weather patterns, which it very well could. But we're in summer now. We didn't expect it to go into the summer, did we? Well, they said at least through spring. That's yeah. the last I heard. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's something I'll check during the weather school. Okay. Okay. We'll just have to have to make it official. Uh, but yeah, we. I mean, we don't normally expound on El Nino, La Nina, unless something is significant. And it's just been kind of yeah, okay, moderate El Nino, yeah, okay, whatever. So I haven't been paying any attention to it. But uh, you know, I have heard monsoon season quite a bit, and I've also heard the Pineapple Express, which I think is really interesting. It's a great movie. It is. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a movie. I don't watch movies. But... It is a movie. <laughs> It has nothing to do with weather. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and on the weather aspect, the Pineapple Express is is monsoon moisture coming uh, off of the Hawaiian, you know, latitude off the Hawaii, and then moving right on up into Southern California. So maybe that's part of that. Uh, well, it makes monsoon. me wonder what we are seeing so far this year. It's been it's been an odd season. Yeah, severe weather season started late. Yeah, but when when it did, it really kicked in hard. So, but but all the rain and the flooding from Oklahoma down into Arkansas, Nebraska, you know, that, yeah, all down that Arkansas River. Did El Nino play a part in in that at all? I don't mean you know. That's what we got to try to figure out. Mm-hmm. Boy, we need to make a whole podcast out of that. Because I just haven't looked at it. And, and I mean, of course, when you have El Nino, that's one factor. But then you have the, the PDO, the Pacific Decadal Oscillation. Then you have the NAO, which is the North Atlantic Oscillation. And they all kind of work together. But the El, El Nino, La Nina, or ENSO, as they call it, is that's one of the main players that kind of helps. And this everything. is something we usually normally only talk about. Like during our winter weather outlooks that we do, you know, El Nino's coming, El Nino's coming. It's like, right, right. 
but and then nothing happens. <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. That's a crazy thing. But well, we don't know. It could have played a factor in some of our severe weather this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to look at that. Okay. I mean, definitely. It may not be on the, on the next segment, but uh, right. I think we need to start start seeing how that all is going to play together. So that'd be a good topic for next time. Yeah. But meantime, let's get to the weather school. We've had some uh, thunderstorms going through lately that's been dropping some hail, some pretty good hail, got some hail damage. I saw a picture of some hail yeah, from Oklahoma the other night. It was tennis ball-sized hail, Ooh. but it was shaped exactly like a sphere, like a tennis ball. It had no rough edges, no nothing. Oh no, that's weird. That was that's I weird. That is the weirdest piece of hail because usually hail's lumpy and looks like you know, yeah, a tumor, uh huh, or something. Yeah, this was completely smooth everywhere. I wonder why. I don't know. I, I you, cool. do you have pictures of it? Do you see? Pictures? I did it once. Yeah, I saw a picture of it. Oh, that's crazy. But I mean the hail, the hail formation, all you know, the severe thunderstorms, what it comes through, it's just a whole thing all about hail. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. A severe thunderstorm warning has just been issued from a storm that contains baseball-sized hail. Any thunderstorm which produces hail that reaches the ground is known as a hailstorm. Hail has a diameter of about two-tenths of an inch or more. Hailstones can grow to up to six inches and weigh more than a pound. Unlike ice pellets, hailstones are layered and can be irregular and clumped together. Hail is composed of transparent ice or alternating layers of transparent and translucent ice at least one millimeter thick, which are deposited upon the hailstone as it travels through the cloud, suspended aloft by air with strong updraft motion, until its weight overcomes the updraft and falls to the ground. Although the diameter of hail is varied, in the United States, the average observation of damaging hail is between 1 and 1 and 3 quarters inches. Stones larger than 3 quarter inch are usually considered enough to cause damage. The National Weather Service issues a severe thunderstorm warning for a storm generating hail 1 inch or greater in diameter. This threshold became effective in January of 2010, which is an increase over the previous threshold of 3 quarter inch hail. Other countries have different thresholds according to local sensitivity to hail. For example, grape growing areas could be adversely impacted by smaller hailstones. Hailstones can be very large or very small depending on how strong the updraft is. Weaker storms produce smaller hailstones than stronger storms such as supercells. Like other precipitation in cumulonimbus clouds, 
hail begins as water droplets. As the droplets rise and the temperature goes down below freezing, they become supercooled water and they will freeze on contact with condensation nuclei. A cross-section of a large hailstone shows an onion-like structure. This means the hailstone is made of thick and translucent layers, alternating with layers that are thin, white, and opaque. Former theory suggested that hailstones were subjected to multiple descents and ascents, falling into a zone of humidity and refreezing as they were uplifted. This up-and-down motion was thought to be responsible for the successive layers of the hailstone. But new research, based on theory as well as field study, has shown this to be not necessarily true. The storm's updraft blows the forming hailstone up in the cloud. As the hailstone ascends, it passes into areas of the cloud where the concentration of humidity and supercooled water droplets varies. The hailstone's growth rate changes depending on the variation in humidity and supercooled water droplets that it encounters. The accretion rate of these water droplets is another factor in the hailstone's growth. When the hailstone moves into an area with a high concentration of water droplets, it captures the latter and acquires a translucent layer. Should the hailstone move into an area where mostly water vapor is available, it acquires a layer of opaque white ice. The hailstone will keep rising in the thunderstorm until its mass can no longer be supported by the updraft. This could take at least 30 minutes based on the force of the updrafts in the hail-producing thunderstorm, whose tops are usually greater than 10 kilometers high. Then it falls towards the ground while continuing to grow, based on the same processes, until it leaves the cloud. It will start to melt as it passes through air above freezing temperature. Hail can cause serious damage, notably to automobiles, aircraft, skylights, glass-roofed structures, livestock, and most commonly, crops. Hail damage to roofs often goes unnoticed until further structural damage is seen, such as leaks or cracks. It is hardest to recognize hail damage on shingled roofs and flat roofs, but all roofs have their own hail damage detection problems. Metal roofs are fairly resistant to hail damage, but they may accumulate cosmetic damage in the form of dents and damage coatings. Hail is one of the most significant thunderstorm hazards to aircraft. When hailstones exceed one-half inch in diameter, planes can be seriously damaged within seconds. The hailstones accumulating on the ground can also be hazardous to landing aircraft. Hail is also a common nuisance to drivers of automobiles, severely denting the vehicle and cracking or even shattering windshields and windows. Wheat, corn, Soybeans and tobacco are the most sensitive crops to hail damage. Hail is one of Canada's most expensive hazards. Rarely, massive hailstones have been known to cause concussions or fatal head trauma. Hailstones have been the cause of costly and deadly events throughout history.
On somewhat rare occasions, a thunderstorm can become stationary or nearly stationary and produce hail at significant depths. This tends to happen in mountainous regions, such as the July 29, 2010 case of a foot of hail accumulation in Boulder County, Colorado. On June 5, 2015, hail up to four feet deep fell on one city block in Denver, Colorado. These hailstones, described as between the size of bumblebees and ping-pong balls, were accompanied by rain and high winds. The hail fell in only one area, leaving the surrounding area untouched. It fell for one and a half hours between 10 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. A meteorologist for the National Weather Service in Boulder said, It's a very interesting phenomenon. We saw the storm stay, and it produced copious amounts of hail in one small area. It's a meteorological thing. Tractors were used to clear the area, and they filled more than 30 dump truck loads of hail. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And more hail. There you go. <laughs> that was great. Well, you know, hail is very fascinating because, you know, how it forms and, you know, the difference between sleet and hail, there's a difference. And that takes me off more than anything when people call hail sleet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it makes it, me cringe. I mean, okay, on Devil's Advocate, on their defense, yes, it is a frozen ball of ice. You, yes. Yes. But it's all developed different. Sleet is a winter weather... Uh, Phenomenon, yeah. Yeah, it's a... But, but but hail, hail can happen anytime. Oh, yeah. And that's what's really cool about... Um, sleet doesn't hurt when it hits you. Well, it kind of it kind of might sting. Well, it depends if it's but it's not going to knock you out. No, but but the cool thing is, is in the the late fall or the very early spring when we get hail out of non thunderstorms, and they're actually hail because that freezing line is so low, low down there. Yeah, which that's that's really that's happened really a few cold. times the past few years actually. Yeah, and we've got we've got uh, lots of messages on that, and people like, do call it sleep then because it's, it is confusing. it's winter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about the definition. It's like, yeah. how do you define it or whatever. Then you have grapple. Which is, yeah, kind of half, half and it's half. A, it's a watery version of kind of stuff. Kind of slushy. Fluffy. Fluffy yeah. Q-tip type, type oh. stuff like that. All right, I think it's time to get to the next segment, which is This Week in Weather History. So, Corey, what you got? Um, I got a couple things. Not much. Not uh, Not anything really localized, but... This week in, actually it was today, in 1946. Hmm. That's been a while. The third deadliest tornado struck in this region. It killed how many people? Third deadliest tornado. Ooh. Killed 17 people. Eesh. Yeah. In Canada. Oh, in Canada? It was on Ontario, Canada. From Windsor to Tecumseh. You don't hear a lot of tornadoes in Canada. No, you don't. June 17th, 1946, was the third deadliest tornado in Canada. Killed 70 people and injured 
hundreds, and it's forty mile path. That's a long path. That's a long path. Yeah. And there is a picture that I'm looking at that nobody can see but me, but it looks like it's roping out. But there was a tornado in Canada that killed people. I don't hear anything about that. What do they have up in Canada? What do they have? I, I don't ever hear of watches and warnings in Canada. What what meteorological service do they have up there? Do you know? I think it's the Canadian Meteorological Society. Is that what it's called? Don't mark me on that, but yeah, because because ours is the U.S. National Weather Service. So mm-hmm. when it crosses over into Canada, they've it it's not the the European Meteorological Society. It's uh, I, I'm guessing it's the Canadian Meteorological Society. But they've got, uh, I mean, I mean, there's cities, but there's a lot of like open territory. There's a lot of open territory in Canada. It's a beautiful area up there. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, there's some. There was a big tornado actually. Now there's no E or there's no F rating on it. Right. But uh, it killed 17 people. I bet it was a good F three or F four. My goodness. I mean, does does your map show how far north of the border it is? I'm not seeing a map. I'm just seeing pictures of the tornado. Okay. I am reading this little tidbit of information in 1946. Wait, that's not what I wanted to read. The Canadian government, like its southern neighbor. Now, remember, this is 1946. We weren't allowed to say the word tornado in 1946. Right, right, right. We could say the word twister, but we couldn't say the word tornado because it scared people. Uh huh. Well, the Canadian government did not provide tornado forecasting in the first half of the 20th century, just like the United States. Uh, in defense of the lack of the warning system, uh, Mr. W.E. Turnbull from the Public Weather Office in Toronto argued if we sent out warnings every time the conditions were threatening, we'd have people frightened stiff during May and June of every year. But do they have tornadoes in May and June of every year that far north? I don't hear about them. Well, I mean, I because, don't either. I mean, because we you, you you see where Tornado Alley is, and it basically ends about the Dakotas, and it goes you know to the central part of the U.S. down there. So I I think it would be really rare. Um, so I, I well, don't, if it I don't was the third thinking. deadliest in 1946, and it only killed 17 people. They may have tornadoes, but they're not that. Big, if yeah. It only, if or the, often. If the third deadliest in Canada only killed seventeen people, yeah. Now I don't know when the first two were, but well, t- that was probably the third tornado. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> but this know. happened on this date in 1946. That's amazing. So. In 46, I wonder what it was doing down here. I mean, there must. I mean, I've been seeing some really powerful, tight, wound up low pressure systems skirt through going up the Dakotas. So it would make sense to me if you got that powerful thing just heading on up into Canada. That does, that it, it does do. give this little bit of information. Ten days later, the borderland region was hit again. That makes me think it's close to the American border, mm-hmm. with Detroit bearing the brunt of the damage. So I bet it's not too far north of the border. And Detroit, Michigan. Okay, it's probably closer to the Great Lakes then. Probably around in there. Yeah. Interesting. Because I know there's tornadoes up there in uh, like New York 
And I think there was one in Maine earlier this year or something. Mm -hmm. Maine, you wouldn't think Maine would have a tornado. (laughs) You know what I mean? And Maine is, I think, north of of Toronto. Toronto's a little bit, I don't know. There have been tornado warnings. There was one very close to New York City this past, within the past four or five weeks. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. There's been some in California. Is this due to El Nino? I don't know. There's Mm. never been a tornado death reported. In the state of California. Good. Good. No deaths. Did you know that? Uh Uh-uh. It's true. But they're seeing more tornadoes now. Hmm. There's a lot of open space in California, too. I wonder what the tornado to earthquake ratio is. I bet the... Uh, (laughs) Not too comparable. No, I mean, they have earthquakes all the time. Yeah. But, but, But talk about Oklahoma with that now. Yeah, they're getting some that would be that would be something to research. Ugh. What's the tornado to earthquake? I bet it's close. Yeah, I mean, I bet it's getting there. Yeah, I I just rolled over my cord on my headphones. I you hate talk- when that happens. I used to direct TV news, and I'd roll over my cord, and then my chair would make me go close <laughs> to the floor, and I couldn't <laughs> lift my head. You know what? What's terrible? What is when? I was directing TV news, and I had my headphones on, yet there was a severe thunderstorm right over us. I was scared to death that we were going to get struck by lightning, and it was going to go right up and fry my brain. Oh, no way. Really? That, that happened uh, a few times in radio uh, DJs. They were electrocuted by lightning through their headphones. That scared the dickens out of me. Oh, my God. And sometimes I would just take my headphones off as much as I could while I wasn't directing the news, like during uh, commercial breaks Mm -hmm. and during news packages. I would just take my headphones off and only wear them when I had to. Oh, that's bizarre. Because I was scared to death. Because the tower got struck by lightning a lot. The tower in Joplin is the highest. The one at KSN FTV is the highest structure Within, I forget how many hundreds of miles. Oh, wow. It was, I think, 1,500 and some feet. Of course, that was the tower that fell in 2008 or nine during the derecho that came through. But the one they rebuilt is just as, just as tall. That's when you and Gary were talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you want to hear that whole story, it's very fascinating. It's uh, Remembering Joplin professional perspective it's, it's the first one we dropped i think mm-hmm. 67 or whatever there are some fascinating stories about all that that tower uh and Came the top one down yeah and uh, uh it didn't kill anybody it's it, it it depended on the time of day oh because it was early that's it right it was very early the same reason that branson tornado didn't kill anybody Ooh, yeah we lucked out on, 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 on two occasions. Yeah, and if we can just get through all this flooding, I mean, I mean, it's not flooding here, but what I'm afraid of is these storms are going to, you know, like Southern Stone County and places in Springfield, whatever, all that water has to go somewhere. And Well, I, that, that brings me to one other week in weather history. Oh, okay. Now, I'm not going to get too much into what they're talking about. Seven to eight inches of rain fell on Omaha back uh, in the, on this day in 1964, the Army of Corps, Corps of Engineers labeled it as a 100-year storm. Ooh. Now, they did the same thing with one of the Branson storms that flooded at Table Rock Lake. They said, this is one. This is a 100-year storm. 
I forget what year it was. <clears throat> Eight or 13, I think. I don't because know. Yeah. for some unknown reason, and I know why, we've had three 100-year storms in the past 10 years mm. with rainfall. Mm. Because, you know, the landing flood and... We lost a lot of houses in December of 2015 along Taney Como. Right. It flooded quite a well, bit. Well, because they and, had to let water And you can out. read all about these floods and what happened. And every time it's flooded, if you go to the Dewey Short Visitor Center here in Branson, there's yes. a whole wall about it. And it tells exactly what happened and, and how much water they had to let out and what exactly flooded. Not a whole lot of flooding happened since... The 1920s, when they, before the dam was built, it wiped out downtown Branson. Well, they built that mm. dam, and it helped with the flooding. But here recently, in the past ten years, they've had to open all ten gates and and and, and you know flood bull shoals basically. Right. But you can read all about that at the Dewey Short Visitor Center, which is very interesting. You guys need to go there. It's completely free. Yeah, it's completely free. It's on the north end of, like, if you're going towards the showboat, if you go mm -hmm. past past the dam going south, then it, it's just right there. It, it's it's a beautiful new facility. It's it's quite the I need to go back spectacle. there. It's been years since I've been I went there. when it was first rebuilt, and I haven't been since. But I need to go back because it's Oh, Quite man. a deal, and if you're you know, bored and don't have anything to do, it doesn't cost a thing to go. Yeah, take the kids. But I, I, I say that the hundred year storm. Yeah. Do you know what the definition of a one hundred year storm is? I know, I know. Okay, it only happens once in every one hundred years. <laughs> is that right? Well, that's what I would say. Yes, and. I think this is saying the same thing, but in a different way. Okay. A 100-year storm, the definition of a 100-year storm, according to the Army Corps of Engineers, is it's a storm that has a 1% chance of occurring in a given year. Okay. That's you a can, 1 you, in you, 100 chance. Right. Not necessarily one in 100 years exactly so maybe they should call it something different a one percent chance storm of course a 100 year storm sounds cool but yeah the, but the, I, I see where they're going but that is a one percent chance of of that occurring in any given year which it is a hundred year storm and, and within 10 years it happened three times it basically it's happened more often Lately, than it should be. I think happening. it was 2008, 2013, 2015, 15. something like that. Yeah, I think 2011 or 11. You're right. Eight, you're 11 right. and 15. Okay. Hmm. That sounds like a pattern. Ooh. We're about we're about due. I think because this is if that, if that were to continue, uh, right now it could have happened this year. We were just 200 miles off from that happening again this year. That's right. No, you're exactly right because you got because Nebraska, the years, Oklahoma, the yeah. years that that happened, you know, Nebraska, Kansas, and Oklahoma did not get it. They got it in 2007. That was their last major flood in Miami, Oklahoma. They got it again this year. I remember that because it was the week before my third child was born. They got a flood, and I had to go move my grand grandparents out of their house. Oh, that's right, 2007. So here we are. 
2019. Now, that's a pretty good space. Uh, 12 years later, yeah. But you shift that that storm 300, two, two, 300 miles, and it's in a completely different watershed. It's going down, right. you know, the Neosho, the Grand, or the Arc, the Vertigree, the Arc, the Vertigris, and the Arkansas, and going down the Arkansas. You shift that over, and it's going to go affect the White River. Mm-hmm. Which is going to affect Branson. Right. And the White River will affect everywhere going downstream and into the Mississippi. So, And flood we, Arkansas. We honestly lucked out. So far. So far. So far. Yeah. I mean, if that axis, but just that like was, you said. we they That was considered a 100-year storm for them. Mm-hmm. But you shift that, and that would have been our, like, our fourth in 10 years. There's a lot of water upstairs wanting to come down. Yeah. Is what I'm looking at. And the monsoon coming in. I mean, you just sent me, uh, right. text me that thing about, uh, which I got to analyze that. I think we're, yeah, definitely we need to talk about monsoon next podcast and just really, you know, delve into El Nino, see how that's going to affect. Because I think it's important now that we're going to be officially in astronomical summer, not meteorological summer. Very fascinating. Yeah, but a lot of these storms, 100-year storms, occurred during the spring. Of course, that was a... Mm-hmm. It was odd for that 2015 storm to happen in December. Very much. We, uh, the theater I worked for at the time, the Starlight, we had we have someone that lives right on Tanicomo, and they lost their entire house. Oh. And I started a GoFundMe for them, and I raised, or it raised, six thousand dollars for that one guy. And he awesome. Was, he was grateful for it. But I always remember that, and 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 there are signs close to where he lives of to where the water level hit in each of those floods. Oh, okay, I need to go check those out. Yeah. We could, we could post those. Yeah. So uh, there are people afraid every time we get a lot of rain and we post that, oh, we got five to seven inches of rain. There are people that live along Taney Como that are very scared of that. Yeah. And rightfully so. Exactly. And I, and I, and I get that. And that's why I try. And I think you do too. When we post this, it's like, are, how confident are we? Is, is this going to happen? And basically, the confidence has not been that great so far, because now what what happened in those major floods? We had like what three days of just constant rain and rain and rain and, and rain. And the WPC had us at ten inches. Yeah, so that's when you get scared. when we get to ten inches on the WPC. That's when the that's when to be concerned. Yeah, I mean, it may not do. 10 inches, but right. that means even half but, of that. But, even but, half. But 10 inches doesn't have to fall on Branson. That's the White the River point. watershed is huge. That's the entire point. It doesn't have to fall in Branson. We right. can get nothing. Right. And all of a sudden, Taney, Taney Como or, or Table Rock is just, you know, they're having to open all the 10 gates, but then it starts affecting us. And that's what we try to tell a lot of people. It doesn't. It may not be exactly where you're at, but you will be affected by it later as all that water because it has to go somewhere. And we say we haven't had the flooding rains like in Oklahoma and Kansas. Mm -hmm. Have you driven to Forsyth lately? 
It's up. The, yeah. pl- the, the entire everything is completely underwater. Yeah. So what would happen if we did get one of those rains? I know. Because the lakes are pretty full as is. They're not super up to the pool. Yeah, le- they're, they're uh, being managed well. They're being managed, but, but mm-hmm. Bull Shoals fills up because that's what they've designed that to do is to right. hold water. Yeah. And they're holding the water, so there's no parks in and the campgrounds are completely still underwater. So when that happens, when you get one of those 10-inch rains that, that floods Taney Como and floods Bull Shoals, Bull Shoals is flooded for the entire rest of the year. Yeah. That rain came in March. Bull Shoals is going to be flooded for the entire rest. Of the year. You're not going to be able to go to the park or... Or, or, or right. have the the fair or the rodeo for Taney County where you normally would have it, right? Because it's pretty much done. I read today where in Miami, I go to Miami every year for the Fourth of July, and we have the Fourth of July celebration in the park, Riverview Riverview Park every year. We watch fireworks, huge fireworks. It's one of the best I've ever seen. This year, you know, they got all that flooding, and they were underwater. They're moving it to Buffalo Run Casino this year. Oh, really? See, they have the huge outdoor, uh, where they have their outdoor concerts, big big area set up. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's going to be this year. First time I've ever seen them do that. Uh, I've seen them cancel before, like when in 2007, when the flood happened in July. Well, the, we didn't have fireworks. Actually, we did have fireworks that year. They had them for Labor Day. And oh, wow. Because <laughs> I'm sure they already purchased all the fireworks. Yeah, so they had them. So it might as well so shoot they had them off for later. Labor Day. Yeah. Why not? You know? <laughs> well, this year they're moving into to dry land at Buffalo Run. So Perfect. I've been to Buffalo Run a couple of times. Yeah, me too. There's a, I, I like it there. but I love the restaurant at Buffalo Run. It is good. It's the Coleman House, which is built exactly like the Coleman Theater. They have the exact yeah. same carpet. They have a movie screen in there. Everything is you know, modeled after the Coleman Theater in Miami. Now, it's been years really since good. I've been there. But, uh, you know, next time I go to Miami, I think I will probably do that again. And talking about all this flooding, um, you know, we've got another chance Wednesday, and that could bring some heavy rain to the area. Um, like we talked about before the weather school, I imagine I would expect to see another flash flood watch come out at that well, point. we're in... Into slight for severe, yeah, but it's right along I forty four into the east. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. see. We'll That's see three, that, two days out. We'll so. see if that shifts many before you know it might. Yeah, I don't. We'll know. We'll check it out tonight. See what happens. Oh, I, I probably won't be up. <laughs> you will because you're an insomniac. Who knows? <laughs> lately, I have not been. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's time for the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. And this week, Stormdar weather weather word of the week is... Well, some people call it AP. Yes. Some people call it anomalous propagation. Nice. Yes. And what does AP stand for? Well, it's when, you, it's when you're looking at the radar and there's things appearing on the radar that, that aren't really happening. It's false radar echoes. 
Uh, it's observed when calm, stable atmospheric conditions, often associated with super refraction and a temperature inversion, direct the radar beam towards the ground. So you're seeing things that aren't really there. Oh, kind of like an illusion. A mirage. A mirage. Yeah, and and for everybody, I mean, uh, a lot of the TV stations, I watch them and they say this. And, I, and it happens at night quite a bit is where where the radar goes around. But you see this big green blob of just an area of green. There's That's the, actually there's like on nothing some there. radars it's happening tonight. Yeah. Uh, I saw, I think, and there's a lot of rate, there's a lot of moisture in the air. So well, it's, hard to it's tell. still kind of doing it with Springfield, too, in a way. But uh, uh, someone posted a picture of KY3's radar tonight on, on Facebook. I think it's one of the spotter groups, and it looked like a bullseye around Springfield. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they were like posting, Springfield's about to get wiped out. You know, it looked like a bullseye <laughs> that's formed right over Springfield. Like, no, that that's just AP, anomalous propagation. Did you say anomalous? I It took me a while to... I did. Because I... It's not anonymous. But. No, I. that's what I want to say is anonymous. No, it's anomalous propagation. And it's just like exactly what, what the definition was. It's just the radar is out there and there's so much moisture and everything. It just kind of skews that radar beam and gives some some false echoes. So there you have AP. Wow. So we talked about a lot this week. We podcast. covered a few topics. <laughs> we did. You know, a spring is coming on Friday. It's going to get. You mean summer? I. You know, it's one of those seasons. <laughs> is it meteorological spring? Is that what it is? No. no. Astronomical summer. I know that. See, if they just have one or two of them, it'd be a lot easier to remember. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's late. That's why I can't even think late. anymore. But yeah, look for highs in the 90s on the first day of summer. And uh, so Thursday and Friday is going to be our dry out time. And like Corey mentioned earlier on Saturday and maybe Sunday, uh, looks like another round of possibly heavy rain moving in. We'll see. It's hard as hell this this early. It it really is. I mean, we're six days out, but I am going to keep my eye on that W uh, uh, Storm Prediction Center. Right. Yeah. See what happens for Wednesday. Okay. Well, you got anything else? I'm good. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.